Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're going to talk about birth partners, how to help birth partners get involved in the birth and pregnancy, how to prepare, how you as the pregnant person may want your partner involved. And what it comes down to is a lot of conversation ahead of time, talking about expectations, dynamics, how you want them involved logistically, physically, emotionally, hands-on. And then also, Sometimes partners are nervous to be involved, and so how do you help them pass that fear, and how do you help them show up to be the best partner that they authentically can? So to have this conversation, I have my friend Yiska Obadiah. She is amazing. So first of all, as I was reading her bio, I did not actually realize she'd been doing this work for 28 years. So she is a passionate teacher and healing arts practitioner with over 28 years experience as massage therapist, acupuncturist, and birth doula. In 2016, Yiska created Comforting Touch for Birth to teach doulas and parents-to-be how to confidently and skillfully provide hands-on support for birthing people through her in-person workshops at Prenatal Yoga Center and online guidebook. She's also the co-creator of the Wisdom of Birth deck, and she teaches the workshop at the studio Comforting Touch for Birth, and she has an online component, an on-demand version of her workshop also on our website, Prenatal Yoga Center. I just love speaking to Yiska. She is so knowledgeable and so comforting. And I can imagine the way she works with people during birth, helping the partner really show up to be the best they can. She gives such great tangible information. So this is one to listen to with your partner. Now, before we get to my fantastic conversation with Yiska, just some things going on at PYC. So I'm proud to say we've continued to offer online classes seven days a week. We have in-studio classes six days a week. We have workshops ranging from Yiska's Comforting Touch to Childbirth Ed to Lactation and Newborn Prep. We have Infant Safety CPR, so many workshops at the studio. And what we have finally succeeded in doing is having a corresponding on-demand workshop. I just got an email from one of our students, Erica, who said, thank you for the re-releases and thank you for the on-demand because she was expressing that she could never be in the studio taking class, but she was still part of the community because we offered these other options. So, And Erica also just had her baby 
yesterday. So we are in December. So Eric, if you're listening to this postpartum, I'm so excited for you and congratulations on your baby. All right. Last thing I want to go over is just a reminder of our teacher training. We offer it four times a year, three times online, one time in person and our postnatal teacher training. Oh, I said one more thing, but I lied. Here's the very final thing. It's a thank you to you. Thank you to you for being a listener. Thank you to you for being part of our community. It really means so much to me. And if you wouldn't mind taking a moment and leaving a rating and review so others can hear the podcast and it can hopefully impact them. So thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. Please enjoy my conversation with Yiska. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Yiska. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I love talking to you. It is always fun. I'm so sad that when we're like ships passing at the studio, I feel like I see you like once or twice a year at the most like weird times, like I'm staying too late or you came in early for something. So it's just so much fun to have a chance to chat with you. Yeah. All right. So those that are the listeners, just one thing is I'm going to talk to Yiska about her bio, but as in like what she's been doing with her life and what she's going to offer us for our conversation. But what I'm amazed at when I was reading this, she's been doing this work for 28 years. So I'm just, I'm astonished by that because she's pretty much a young spring chicken. So she started this at 19. So let's hear more about that. So Yiska, tell me a little about yourself how in the world you started this at 19 and how you got into birth work. I'm so excited to hear about this. Yeah. I mean, it is an amazing journey and I sort of was just very guided to it without, without having an intention from the outset. Um, someone once said to me when I was around 19 years old that and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do in traditional college. It was not working out for me at the time. And they said, you know, you have good hands. Why don't you maybe like look into massage? And as, and I said, that's a great idea. And I, I kind of found a course and as soon as I got into it, it came very naturally to me. I loved it. I found it really gratifying. Um, and I just wanted to learn more and more and more. And so my, my path to birth work kind of came through that. I had been doing massage for a bunch of years and, um, a friend of mine who would sometimes come to me for massages got pregnant. And at that time she didn't call it being a doula. She just asked if I would come to her birth as her friend um, with this suspicion that she would want a lot of like touch and massage during labor. And so I totally blind went in and it transformed my life. I, it was an incredible experience um, she did in fact want a lot of touch during her labor. <laughs> My hands were on her like the entire time. There's even this picture that someone took, I, maybe it was the midwife, I guess, like right after she had given birth and like her partner was like overhead, like beaming, looking at his baby. And like the, the mom was just kind of like her 
she was just like wiped, eyes closed, just kind of taken in every everything that she had just done. And my hand was still under her back. <laughs> and, I was, and I was bawling. Like I was just like, I could not control the tears. I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. But my hand was still on her back, like underneath her hips. Um, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that was sort of the beginning of that. I learned that doulas were a thing. Um, I went, I signed up for the next training that was happening like a weekend or two later and, um, slowly over the years started to attend more and more births. I was also studying acupuncture at the time. So it kind of all came together, um, when I finished that training in 2007. And then for those that don't know, you also do the comforting touch for birth at the studio for labor and delivery, and you have the on-demand workshop. Not that I'm trying to plug all this, but it is something that... Let's plug it. Yeah. But it's one of those things that I felt passionate about having you do because you bring so many modalities, the massage, the acupuncture, the doula work, and you marry it so well. And that leads us into the conversation we're going to have about partners. Because as a former doula, one of the things I often saw were partners, they didn't always know how to be involved. Many of them really wanted to do the best job they could, and they just didn't know how to support their loved one. So I'm excited to dive into that. All right. So (laughs) I always have my questions ahead of me. So let's jump in. So what would you say is the biggest apprehension partners have when trying to support their loved one in labor? Well, I think you definitely named one of them, which is like whatever it is that they need for support. Like they want to, they want to be as helpful as possible. And they're concerned about maybe like not being helpful, not knowing what to do, uh, doing something wrong, not doing something right. And there's, there's, there can definitely be a lot of like that kind of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. Cause you know, from that first birth, I was very aware of supporting my, friend, but you know, I, I, I didn't realize until I did my doula training, how much there's this piece of helping the partners Mm. win and succeed at being like a good support and also relieving them of this pressure that they might, they might feel if they were on their own without doula support. But, um, I'd say that, yeah, that, that insecurity, that's very natural about doing a good job And then I do think that another thing that um, partners feel concerned about is um, like what it will be like seeing their partner in pain, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and, and sometimes just like pain can kind of like take over the conversation for also like the pregnant person. Um, It, the same too can be true also for the partners. And um, what I always find interesting is that, you know, you know, before discussions about birth and before actually being in the labor together and witnessing their partner, the focus is so much on the pain, but it, there's always this like thing that happens where like, instead of thinking that's what they're, it's going to be the main thing that they see, but instead they end up seeing like their partner as this like amazing badass, like what they're capable of, their power, and even like the beauty of their like vulnerability or tenderness, Mm. you know, like just so much of the beauty and power of their partner that like most people walk away from their labor, like totally in awe. 
you know? Yeah, there is a rawness because there's no place for like social niceties in a way. Like you get down <laughs> to a very authentic person. That's yeah. that's something that I think of. Yeah, definitely. So what can partners do before labor to start to prepare for birth? Because we said there's often a little anxiety about like, what is this going to look like? How am I going to help that person? So what can they do to be an active support person prior to birth actually starting? Okay, totally. Um, I think that the one of the first things is um, taking a childbirth class together. Mm-hmm. You know, like becoming informed together. And even if, you know, you're uh, reading, you know, uh, instead of just like one partner, you know, doing all the reading, like for both partners to kind of engage in what they're interested in and curious about and wondering about the birth experience and then coming together to talk about it, you know? So it's like that, that birth preparation um, and talking about, you know, what, what the roles, you know, and expectations might be, Mm. you know, what kind of supports feel like they would be helpful. And these are also things that, you know, by hiring a doula, um, people would be very much guided into having these very in-depth conversations prenatally. So I feel like those are a couple of things. Um, And then it usually happens within the context of a birth class um, or even within the context of a prenatal visit with the doula where there's like a benefit of kind of doing some kind of practice contractions, which I've Mm -hmm. even seen you do videos on Instagram about like how you incorporate that into your yoga classes. Yeah. We call them mock contractions. Yeah. Mock contractions. Exactly. I feel like that is a really great thing, not only for like the birthing person to experience kind of being at this edge of discomfort and how do they move through it, but then how to do that as a team, Mm -hmm. how to like experiment with different ways of holding a challenging pose or um, sometimes you do it by holding ice onto your skin for a minute and like just how do you get through the discomfort of that, but doing it in partnership. So trying like what's it like to go through a mock contraction with your, your partner being by your side and offering words of encouragement, you know? Yeah. What's yeah, I like? actually did that when I would teach childbirth ed. I only did it privately and we would do the one minute ice cube test, but I, I always took a little further than one minute of holding an ice cube. I would do the hand submerged in ice water. And okay. I would, <laughs> like, of course you did, Deb. Um, <laughs> and what I would do is I would do that at the end of our childbirth class. So we've gone through all of the different coping skills and conversation about expectation. And yeah. then the pregnant person would put their hands in water. And then I'd talk to the partner like, all right, how would you support her through this? And so we have one time and usually deer in headlights. And so I tried as little as possible, but every now and then I'd like do the doula prompts and then they would pick up on that. And then after we dry the hands off and be like, okay, how did that work for you? What kind of feedback do you want to give? And then they would do it a second time and receive the feedback and try to work with it. And then here's the fun thing. Then for the third one, I had the partner stick their hands in the ice water so they can (laughs) see what a minute of intense sensation felt like. So I thought it gave a little empathy. That's great. That's great. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's bringing that 
collaboration because as a doula, you've seen this, that the partners are usually super willing, but they don't always know. And yeah. so you're like getting that. It's like the first pancake, which is kind of like a mess. Like you're getting that first one out of the way. So then the partner's like, okay, I've got this. Right. And doing it a bunch before labor so that by the time you're in labor, that's why I always tell people, you know, with like comforting touch, you know, to practice prenatally so that it'll be accessible, you know? So the first couple of times when you're practicing, maybe it's a little bit clumsy and you're finding your way, but you know, by the time you've practiced it a couple of times, you know, it's, it's much more accessible to just kind of land more easily in the thing that's helpful. Yeah, because we, you know, when things are in our body already, it's such, so much more natural. Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about fears because one thing I do with my prenatal students and my childbirth ed students is we talk about the fears, and most people have some sort of fear. In fact, I remember a midwife told me if you ever have a client that says they have absolutely no fear, dig deeper or you're in trouble. So we often have that conversation with the pregnant person about what fears they have. But something that I learned the hard way was needing to talk to the partner about their fears because that can start to seep in to the birth situation. So what are some of your ways of helping the partners process their own fear around the birth so it doesn't show up during labor. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to speak to like how it seeps in also like we're, we're mammals, you know, and, and when we're stressed and we're afraid, like that lives in hormones and secretions that come off of our body that, you know, the, the people around us can smell and sense and be influenced by. So it definitely, you know, um, it's definitely something to address, prenatally and also to not be afraid if it shows up in the moment, because in the moment, then you can also, you know, turn to your doula for support or to your care provider, you know, to help you through a moment of like not knowing what's going on. Cause often that's the source of fear Mm -hmm. is like not knowing something, you know? And, um, so I think the first thing, the step that you were just even naming with pregnant people is, um, you know, identifying what your fears are you know, um, naming them, uh, bringing them into awareness. And then, you know, everyone's different in terms of how they move through what their fears are. I know that education is definitely like education information is definitely a huge piece and helpful piece for people. Like Mm -hmm. the level of fear that people experience, like before, they've taken their childbirth education class and had a first prenatal visit with their doula is like night and day from Mm -hmm. what they're, you know, feeling before versus after. So there's something in education information, because a lot of the times we're carrying things from whatever other, you know, other people's stories and misnomers and myths and things that aren't even true, Mm -hmm. you know, so just shining a light onto like the dark places or the misinformed places is very helpful to start. So education is very helpful. Um, And then, you know, it depends on the person, but you know, you just have to think about like, how do you address any fears in your life? You know, do you have a therapist? Um, Often talking with people can be really, really helpful. The main thing with this is that you want to just be very selective, both for pregnant people and for the partners 
who you turn to for support mm-hmm. because you want who you turn to for information or, you know, encouragement or to be reassured is someone that's actually going to help you feel more grounded at the end of the conversation, as opposed to somebody who's going to, yeah. you know, like push more fear into your system. Yeah. yeah. One thing I would do with my clients and I still tell my prenatal yoga students to do this is to step back and even without overthinking, just say to yourself, what's my perception of birth? Because Mm -hmm. that can tell a lot. So if they don't overthink it, they're going to get there more immediate. Some people, when I do this in teacher training too, and some people like, I'm terrified. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Let's unpack that. And others like, I'm excited. So I think that can be a good way for people to identify because I think people often want to say, I'm super excited, but then not face the fear. And I remember I did one birth, and I bet you've seen this, where the partner's fear was so great that they, I don't, I know they didn't mean to do this, but they kept saying, don't you want that epidural? Don't you think it'd be the safer option? I think it'd be the safer option. Do you think it'd be the safer option? And, and if you can I really try to nip that one in the bud when that comes yeah, up. I'm sure you've seen that, right? Sure. Sure. And that goes back to that, you know, when we were talking about, that's one of the first things that comes up for people being scared of seeing your partner in pain and, you know, feeling like that means that there's something wrong when you go immediately into fight flight and fix it and the fix it mode. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk about the different layers of support a partner can have? Because there's a lot. There can be the hands-on, the emotional, the physical, the logistical. Let's just download all that. Sure. Sure. I mean, there are, there are so many pieces. Um, I feel like, um, obviously my like specialty or my, my area of focus is around comfort measures and comforting touches. Touch is very powerful in terms of being, um, a support. And sometimes it's not necessarily what you even think. Like sometimes it is things like that we talk about, like hip squeezes and pressing on the back and things like that. But sometimes it's just being like the arms that hold you or the hands that you can hold onto or squeeze onto and just feel that, um, that comfort or support. Um, and the kinds of things that you would learn about in prenatal classes, like when warm compresses can be helpful or getting into a tub or a shower. And so like the partner's job can often be the one to kind of like set that up, you know, when it's needed, like go ahead and run the shower, you know, or fill the tub, make sure that the water's at the right temperature. You know, that's in terms of like comfort measures and things like that. A big helpful role um, that maybe doesn't seem like such a big deal, but it's really important is helping your partner stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like always having the, 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 the drink ready, you know, with the classic bendy straw of, you know, whatever coconut water or vitamin water, um, and, and helping your partner in order to stay hydrated and, um, and just being there for whatever is needed, you know, on the physical level, it might be changing positions, um, and being a support to make those maneuvers. And sometimes, you know, on the more like emotional level, it might be like just being able to like be the arms that they can, you know, release some tears and have a little cry in a moment where it feels overwhelming or a lot or intense. Mm-hmm. And just often that release of tears is a very like powerful 
bomb in the course of the process, you know, for Mm -hmm. people. So just being emotionally present, being physically present for whatever might arise that would be supportive in the moment. And, um, and, you know, some of the things that we didn't mention that was more like physical and emotional, but there's like also a lot of logistics that go into, you know, and communications that -hmm. are happening on the day of. So, you know, the partner being the person who, um, you know, handles communications with uh, family members or, you know, calls the Uber or gets the car or, um, you know, make sure that all of the things that are needed, you know, for the checklist that you need to bring to the hospital are ready. Um, so those things, so, so just kind of like taking all those things off of, you know, your partner's plate so that they can just be in their labor and unencumbered by those things mm-hmm. and, um, and taking those things on. And, and I do feel like there's also an element of kind of like, especially in once you get to, you know, if you're birthing in the hospital, um, kind of protecting the space around your partner. Um, and, you know, so, and, and, and doulas will sometimes help partners with that, um, so we'll often tag team being that, you know, space protection, but, um, yeah, I mean, those are some of the things that come to my mind. There are probably a bunch of others, but. Well, I like that. I call it circling the wagons when we hold that space. And that's something that I also would often put the partners on crowd control. Um, because <laughs> yeah. you know, it can get, it can get loud and crowded in there. And then the partner can also, if they don't have a doula, because we don't want the birthing person to have to advocate as much for themselves, especially in an unmedicated birth. We want them out of that thinking mind. So that could be a conversation beforehand. So the partner knows those important points and can help advocate. That's, I'm going to put that under logistical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sort of part of that, but absolutely. And the, and, and the key piece there is talking about all those things beforehand you know, so that you, you really are on the same page with your partner about like, what is most important to you, what your preferences are, um, so that they can be that stand for you and that communicator of that when you're in a more internal space in labor. Yeah. Yeah, It all goes back to education. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about how to bring partners involved during the labor. And then also, What do you do if a partner doesn't necessarily want to be involved? So we're going to take a quick break and let's jump into that bomb in a second. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay, so we are back. So how would you help resolve a situation when the pregnant person wants their partner to be involved in the birth, but the partner's just not super keen on being very involved? I guess it's interesting. It depends on are we talking about like totally not involved or how they want to or don't want to be involved? I think kind of both. I remember doing a birth. Now I only did a hundred and like a hundred plus births. So not, you know, not in the thousands, but I clearly remember one of the births that the dad was reading the newspaper on the other side of the bed. And I'm like, do you want to be involved? I was like, that is why we hired you. And I'm like, <laughs> got it. Um, so that was a dad that wanted really not to be involved. Yeah. I, I honestly had only seen that to that extent that one time. And then I'd seen other partners, they want to be involved, but they, they didn't know what to do. And then one that went, and then I remember one that was just so freaked out. He just stood outside the room and that was because he was having his own issues going on. So I guess that's, that's quite the gamut. <laughs> that's no, quite the good. range. It's good to kind of name the range and that also those are a little bit like outliers that are like more extreme like that. Um, <laughs> but it does exist, you know, and I think that, um, I think talking about it in advance is really one of the most helpful things um, that you can do because, you know, you, if, you know, if you're, and this might not be the case, but, you know, if your partner is the person who doesn't want to be involved at all, like they'll be in the room or maybe they're saying like, they don't even want to be in the room, you know, you might have feelings about that as the pregnant person as a pregnant partner. And so like being able to process those feelings in advance, be able to kind of come to your, the day of birth with a sort of uh, having gotten to a place of acceptance of that, um, I think would be helpful on the day of, as opposed to like suddenly on the day of labor, you're having all this expectation of what your partner is going to be there for, for you. And mm-hmm. there they are just like flipping through, you know, their phone or, you know, not wanting to be in the room and you haven't, you just being like stunned by that being their reaction to it. So managing, you know, expectations and discussing the roles in advance, I think is really, really important. Mm. Um, And then, you know, as a doula, I often am having these conversations with people about roles and expectations and really looking to play to the partner's strengths and to their willingness, you know, mm-hmm. like often I am being hired because they don't want to do the massage and they don't want to see the blood and they don't want to be, you know, in the fluids or whatever, but like they might want to help by going and getting ice chips or, you know, making sure all the logistics are handles, like handled, like different people have different love languages. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to presume that the person who's there does love their partner, but maybe the way that they express love is not through um, um, affection or like hands-on stuff, but through acts of service, you know, or words of affirmation, those kinds of things, um, you know, or through gifts or whatever, then, you know, really finding a way to appreciate that and play that up and allow other people, like, let's say the doula to take on the role that they don't want to, um, or it's not their, their comfort zone, or they don't feel like it's their strength, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that can often work for people because it's like definitely like a needed role to be the person who's like refilling the ice, you know, and, um, 
heating the 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 warming pack in the microwave and you know getting the Gatorade from the fridge, you know, these kinds of things are needed in that process. And that might be a, a, a way for a partner to be involved. And if they don't want to do that, then the main thing is just having prior expectations. So the disappointment can get managed in advance and you can just be present and get the support that you do need and want for yourself, even if it's not through your partner's hands or whatever. Yeah. So- I really love what you just said about the expectations and conversations ahead of time. Yeah. Because I can't imagine if that didn't happen and then the expectations could have been, oh, I expect you to be involved and then not. And that could that could be a, a challenging bump as one starts parenting parenting together. Oh, right, so let's, yeah. So let's go on the other side of that question. So first we had the partner that's like yeah, a little hesitant, but how do you help the partners accept that they can't do all things at all times and that they're authentic? offering is enough. Cause I've seen partners like, I want to do it all. And that's a lot to take on as well. Right. Well, actually I was just thinking about that when I was talking about the, like the love languages and stuff like that, Yeah. because you know, so you might have a partner who's like all about like affection and touch and being loving and hands-on, but guess what? Sometimes in labor, you don't want to be, be touched. <laughs> you know, how do you learn to like not be offended when your partner, instead of like wanting you to come and be in the bathroom or the bed with them, they actually want to be alone, you know, or they want you there, but they don't want you touching them or whatever. So it's, it's definitely, there's an element of being malleable and not taking it personally. I often, you know, in class, I'll talk about how, you know, to understand part of understanding how not personal it is, what your partner does or doesn't want from you during labor is because what they want and don't want isn't even really fully about them. Right. They're responding to like what the baby is doing and what the baby is wanting and needing. And so like certain touch, if it doesn't feel right is more about like, how the baby's passage is happening than like this person, like not wanting you or your touch or that thing that you're offering out of the goodness of your heart and just wanting to be loving and and supportive. So um, I think that understanding that, like understanding that it's not personal um, and really just continuously pointing people in the direction of how they can be helpful and reminding them of their enoughness like Mm -hmm. reminding them of like the thing that thinks like that, that you might think is not enough. Like, what do you mean? Like just, just standing here. Like I had a, I had a client once who, um, their partner was really enjoying their touch for a period of time. And then at a certain point in labor, she didn't want him doing what he was doing anymore. And she, you know, would kind of like shoo his hands away And, um, out of habit, he kind of did it a couple of times, but then kind of got that she didn't want that. And then he started to like pull away. He kind of got a little bit like rejected feeling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, 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 don't go. Don't go. Like she wants you right here. She just doesn't want you to do just that thing. Mm -hmm. And she nodded and he got it. And they were just like able to be totally beautifully together in the present moment. And like, it, it took a moment for him to get that. Oh. Like that was enough. That that thing that didn't seem like was enough because it was exactly what she wanted was enough. Hmm. That is beautiful because I could see some people taking it personally, like, oh, I'm I'm being rejected. But yes. it's just being redirected. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. 
All right. So I know you have a birth deck, the wisdom of birth deck. Will you tell me a little bit about this? I know you've wanted to talk about this for so long. You're like, we will, we will, we will. I wish you had a visual component because I'm dying to share the art, but whatever, it's still, it's still in the works. But um, yeah, so the, the, the deck is called the wisdom of birth deck and um, there are 78 cards. So it's really, did you draw them all? I did not. We hired a digital collage artist. Got it. Okay. My partner on the project, who was um, is a friend, and I was her doula for I was their doula. You know, her and her partner for two births, two of their babies. Um, they only have two children, but um, and um, after that, the second was born. Um, they're really into like tarot and and oracle decks and um and and art and the power of imagery and everything and um i said you go be postpartum i'll i'll like start you know thinking about you know what are things that i think people who want to support people who are giving birth should know and it ended up unfolding that there were these 78 prompts that either spoke to something that you would be helpful for someone to say to you, to do to or for you, um, or to remind you of and to have you think about or know about the birth experience. And, um, and that, so each prompt is, um, my, my dream is that pregnant people will, you know, get the deck be inspired by the beautiful like artwork and everything, but then also connect with the prompts and be like, you know, then go to their partner, you know, or go to their doula or go to their mother who's going to be at the birth or whatever and say like, these are the things that I'm envisioning. These are the things I want to learn more about. These are the things that like, I want you to remind me of. These are the images. I want these cards like in front of me, you know, on the wall, in the room, you know, throughout my pregnancy, throughout my, my labor to remind me of these things. And so they, they do overlap with some affirmations, but it's really mostly about support, like how to be um, supportive to someone. And so the the, the partner and the support person can come in and read the cards and be inspired and learn more about what they can offer. But it's also meant to initiate conversation between, you know, pregnant people, their partners and like prepare for birth in this way and bring it into the labor as a source of inspiration and guidance. And um, yeah, so it's, it's very, very exciting to have something that has a really strong visual component along with these, these, these messages and specific guidances, um, some of which we talked about today, but you know, many, many more. Well, I I actually love that because it gives, you know, we talk about the idea of having a conversation before. And so it can be something they can go together and look at. And then the person that's pregnant be like, yes, I think I'm going to want this or no, that's absolutely something we, and then they can talk about that and prepare. So I want to know what are some of the things, (laughs) what are some of the prompts? What are some of the prompts? Do you have the deck in front of you? Um, I don't have the deck in front of me, (laughs) but you know, there's everything from, you know, um, like a drink card. Okay. By the way, the intention is that also like after you give birth, 
right? You could still return to this deck for reminders of things in whatever creative process and wherever you're at in your life and be inspired or reminded of something that is um, uh, emotionally or physically or spiritually supportive for you. Um, So everything from like, there's a drink, you know, and a breathe card, you know, those basics, right? Mm -hmm. To um, we have a grief card. And, you know, so looking at how that might show up in the process of, you know, maybe a loved one who you had hoped would be able to be there with you, who can't, is no longer living, or, you know, um, uh, if you've had a loss and that's present for you as you're in your birthing process. Um, There's a wild animal card, you know, about that raw, you know, instinctual, aspect of us that like comes out in this process and how to welcome and, um, and allow that there's an incredible card. That's the vocalization card. It kind of has this element of, you know, like the rolling stones, like the big, like wide open mouth. Right. (laughs) So it's like with, with hummingbirds and all this like beautiful coral and artwork and everything. Um, that's, that's beautiful, but you know, just, um, the power of vocalizing and how that can support someone in the birthing uh, process um, to stay open and to um, channel that power and that energy that's moving through them in a way that helps to um, to discharge it and bring comfort into the system and release into the system as it's going through labor. So um, there's so many, so many more. There's there's um, there are cards that are about like empowerment pieces of like you get we get to choose it's like the choose card and how everything in the process of labor is um a choice that's your choice you know Mm -hmm. and and getting out of and away from judgments or expectations or shoulds in the conversation um there's a permission card along a similar vein of you know giving yourself and taking permission to be exactly who you are and what you are and what you feel and want to be supported exactly the way that you want to be supported with no shame, with no, you know, expectations other than what is true in the moment for you. Um, Oh, that's really beautiful. And again, I love that this is something to go and it doesn't have to be necessarily because I know some people don't have um, an intimate partner, but it could be somebody that's just showing up to be the support. And this can help create a language that may not be as deep as if they had an intimate partner. So yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity for that kind of communication and clarity because it yes. also helps somebody step back and be like, oh, how do I need to be supported? And yes. then they can ask for that. Yes. Okay, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I would love for you to offer what is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new and expectant parents? We will be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're back. So what is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new and expectant parents? 
I don't want to be, it's not cliche. I don't know what the word is, but I think I said this the last time when you asked me something similar at the end of the interview on the comforting touch podcast. Um, I like the idea of hiring a doula feels <laughs> like so important and that there's like so much range in terms of being able to like, you know, uh, uh, find doulas in different price ranges, um, where you live. So that's, that's one, but it's part of the bigger main tip to me, which is prepare, like Mm -hmm. prepare for birth and for postpartum. Definitely postpartum. I think that's the forgotten piece a lot of times. Yes, for sure. But just, you know, giving it the, the, just kind of doing away with the notion of that, of winging it because you could get lucky, you know, it's not that that doesn't happen, but you know, there's, there's majority system in place. Yes. If you're birthing in a hospital, there's a system in place. Yes. And the majority of the time, the advanced preparation and educating yourselves and, and, and learning what you need for support and how to be a team together with your partner. Again, whether you have a doula or you don't have a doula, but that putting that energy and attention into preparing and educating yourself as much as possible about both the birth and postpartum is really, um, I feel like, the, the most important thing. Yeah. And a lot of things we talked about how the partner can be supportive during birth can also, or should also, I hope I'm not shooting on people, but <laughs> they were going to put that idea about the communication of how does one need to be supported postpartum? A hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. and a lot of the same things that you can do in like an, in a, you know, an actual way can be helpful. Like, you know, um, making sure that your partner always has like water by their side and their water is always refilled and, you know, and just planning in advance so that it's clear what the roles and expectations would be so that, um, and you might not a hundred percent know, but, you know, just even planning to stay in communication as you learn what your needs are, um, and, uh, surrounding yourself with, you know, it, it could be just your partner, but even, you know, Postpartum is even a lot just for the person who just gave birth and the partner on their own. So planning to have, you know, who else is going to be there to support you and help, you know, make sure you're well fed and, you know, your house stays clean and, 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 and laundry gets done and things like that so that you can really just be present with your uh, baby. And um, so the partner will take on some of those things, but also planning to have like, whether it's relatives or a postpartum doula, um, there to support you in the postpartum period is, is something to talk about in advance. Absolutely. Yeah. That support is essential. Where can people find your work? Well, um, my website is just my name. It's yiskaobadia.com. And, you know, everything that I do and have is on there. Um, I, I also, including the class that I teach, the Comforting Touch for birth class for couples at the Prenatal Yoga Center. And um, and then I'm also on Instagram. Um, it's at Comforting Touch Doula. And those are the two main places. And through my website, you could get onto my newsletter, which I send, you know, on a semi-regular basis. And that's definitely how you can find out about what's happening with the deck and any classes and, um, and just thoughts that I have related to, um, 
supporting and bringing comfort into this chapter of life. Oh, it's good. I always love chatting with you. Aww. You just make me feel like whenever we chat, just like come and like I'm getting a big hug. It makes me so happy. It makes me so happy. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, not just in our podcast here today, but at the studio. Um, it What you offer means so much to me. So thank you. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.